Regret is not dangerous or abnormal, a deviation from the steady path to happiness. It is healthy and universal, an integral part of being human. Regret is also valuable. It clarifies and instructs. Done right, it needn't drag us down. It can lift us up. The purpose of this book is to reclaim regret as an indispensable emotion and to show you how to use its many strengths to make better decisions, perform better at work and school, and bring greater meaning to your life. So that was from Daniel Pink's book, The Power of Regret, and joining me to discuss it today is Adam Walker. So, Adam, welcome. I, uh, I hope I don't regret this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And I had it to be had said to. Oh, right yeah. there. It had to be, it had to be done. No yeah. so, so who are yeah. you, Adam? Tell the folks a bit about yourself. I'm still trying to figure out who I am. Let's see. Uh, Adam Walker, known for uh, wearing fedoras and having a million kids, also known as Five. And uh, I do marketing and some podcasting and marketing content and just kind of all the things. All right, cool. Yeah, you've done this podcasting thing a lot more than I have. So, yeah. I mean, just a bit. Yeah. Just a, several years. How many episodes <clears throat> of Tech so, Talk you yeah. all do you have? Like... I think we're at like two thirties or no, are we three hundred something? Three hundred and something. Yeah, I think we're like three hundred something there, and then we're at like two fifty maybe for the Susan G. Komen one. Yeah. Uh, so. so yeah, there's, there's <laughs> quite got a, a few. couple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a handful. Yeah, a handful. So, yeah. So today's the power of regret, which yeah was an interesting book. We'll get into some of the surprises we found, and really the big one for me is that regret can be a positive thing. And he talks a lot about ways regret can be used for good because we always hear regret as no regrets, like you got to just do yeah. it, avoid regrets at all costs, and maybe that's yeah. not not the case. Um, he gets yeah. into to four main types of regret. I think it's probably worth framing those to kind of get into the conversation. But the four regrets he talks about in the book are foundation regrets, um, focus on long-term efforts around like health or finance where you just didn't stay healthy throughout your life or didn't save money and just affects you in the long run. Boldness regrets, like failing to start that new business or learning to play a new instrument. Um, I think you're that's not one you have too much because you seem to be starting a new <laughs> business all the time, so that's good. Yeah, although, I'm all about starting something. Although, can you play guitar, piano? Like, yeah, yeah a little bit. Okay, a well, little there you bit, go. Yeah, so you yeah I'm not good at it, but yeah. I can I can do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, the third one is moral regrets, where you wish you had done the right thing. You, you feel bad about something you've done before. And then connection regrets, where you let relationships slide over time. So yeah. those the four kind of regrets he talks about. And again, I think those are all kind of bad things, but again, it's how you spin them for good. Uh, what were yeah. kind of your overall thoughts on, on what you got out of the book? I mean, so first of all, I was kind of surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Okay. Uh, like when you, when you go into a book like called the power of regret, you just sort of expect it. Like, this is probably not going to be that great. Um, and it was fantastic. I mean, good enough to where I chose it to talk about there on you your go. podcast <laughs> of the, of the many books that I've read recently. And so I think what I really loved about it in particular is kind of this quote, uh, which is if we know what we truly regret, we know what we truly value. And, yeah, and his point one. being that like, if you, if you go through something and you can reflectively look back on it and say, man, I really regret the way I behaved or I really regret the actions that I took or whatever, then it, it gives you this, this interesting and weird insight into yourself in a deeper way than you would otherwise have. And then you can go, oh, I, I really value this. And therefore moving forward, I'm gonna make choices that do not lead to that same regret. And, that's, and that is ultimately the power of regret, yeah, right? I like that, yeah. He, another quote I think that ties into that, he said, uh, quote, a look at the research shows that regret handled correctly offers three broad benefits. It can sharpen our decision-making skills. It can elevate our performance on a range of tasks and it can strengthen our sense of meaning and connectedness. So yeah, same kind of thing where if you look at the regret and use it in a positive way, it can, it can do some great things for you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing I loved is he talks a lot about, or a bit, I mean, regret is kind of this feeling, right? It's this emotion that we have and he sort of ties in, he goes to this argument that I've never heard anybody go through before. It's a little philosophical, but he basically said, like, asked the question, like, what are, what's the purpose of feelings? 
Like why? Mm. Like why do we have them? Because like we, you can you can think about like what's the purpose of thought? And the purpose of thought is pretty clear. The purpose of thought is so that you take action, so you do something, right? right? You think about something, you make a plan, you make a strategy, you do it. Thoughts lead to doing. But what are feelings for? And you know, to, do feelings should feelings be directly tied to doing? Probably not, because I feel like we make very bad decisions based on that. Right. Um, should are, do we feel feelings just for the sake of feeling them? Probably not, because what's the point in that particular case? And so his his quote here is when is that the premise is feeling is for thinking. So the quote is when feeling is for thinking and thinking is for doing, regret is for making us better. And so the mm. the point being that regret's a feeling. Uh, it, it's a feeling that is for thinking to make us think more clearly about something. And that thinking is that for doing so that we do something based on that, that clear thinking. Gotcha. And I think you see when people use feeling straight into doing, it usually results in bad things where they yeah, get married hastily or punch the guy in the face or just yeah, do something just without that thinking step in yeah. between, which is... Listen, it, m most of my regrets related to my children are are feelings to action with no thought in between. Like, and, and, and honestly, if you think about it, like too, like almost every time you as a, a spouse have said something that's just profoundly stupid, there you're missing thought right. in between feeling and action. Uh -huh. Right. So I, you know, if you can add that thought in between, I feel like we're all probably better people. Yeah. The thought kind of leads to another quote he talked about with uh, the no regrets philosophy and how, how that's a bad <laughs> yeah. thing. I love this one. This is kind of a longer quote. I'll read the whole thing here, but yeah. Uh, so, however, one group didn't feel any worse when they discovered that a different choice would have produced a better outcome. People with lesions on a part of the brain called the orbitofrontal cortex. Quote, they seem to experience no regret whatsoever, neuroscientist Athalie Camille and her colleagues wrote in the journal Science. The patients, these patients fail to grasp the concept. In other words, the inability to feel regret, in some sense, the hypothesis of what the no regrets philosophy encourages wasn't an advantage. It was a sign of brain damage. So yeah, people yeah, that don't exactly. feel regret and have no regret are because they have lesions on their brain. And yeah, so. I, I did in particular, though, like the the story of the person with the no regrets tattoo where regret is misspelled no like that, yeah. like that, like I could almost see myself getting that <laughs> tattoo like that feels like so on point to me and so hilarious. Like I. I'm half tempted, but I'm not going to. I do not. Okay, I do, but it, specifically, I do not have any tattoos because I I can f look forward and go. I will almost definitely regret that. <laughs> and so, like now, nice. I think there are situations where people get tattoos that they absolutely will never regret. I've got a friend that's got like uh, I think arrows on his arm, one for each kid. Like you're mm -hmm. never going to regret right. that, right? Um, but I think you have to be very thoughtful about it. And I find that. You know, I, I, I have this tendency to look back on myself five years ago and go, man, what an idiot. Like, I was such an idiot five years ago. And then, you know, five That's years later, I'm like, man, though. what an idiot. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like I'm going to do, if, if there's a tattoo involved, I'm probably going to do that. And I don't want to regret it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just avoid I it. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I am. I don't have any, but I could see for the right reason, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That could be cool. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. I thought another interesting thing, it brought up a few other things I'll get into, but was about people that regret making changes. So he's, the mm. quote from the book I liked here, he said, the conventional wisdom is plain. Stick with your first instinct and don't change the answer. So talking about like taking tests. Yeah, that's, that's, the, know, that's the typical advice that's what they all say. the time. And the conventional yeah. wisdom is also wrong. Nearly every study yeah. conducted on the topic has shown that when students change answers on tests, they're significantly more likely to change from a wrong answer to a right answer than they are to switch from a right answer to a wrong one. Students who change their answers usually improve their scores. So I, yep. think, I think the issue is, again, it comes to regrets. People will worry that if I had the right answer and change it, I'll feel so bad because I had it and I couldn't let it go. Yeah. And I think this, this sort of reminded me of the Monty Hall problem. I don't know if you're familiar with 
the, the behind all that. I won't get into it too much, but it's from Let's Make a Deal where they, they give you pick one of three doors. And you pick right. door number one, and then he opens up. Door number three says there's a goat behind there. Do you, know, do you want to switch or do you want to change? And the math says change every time. If you change doors when he says to, you double your odds of winning. But people don't want to because they're worried, like, I might have picked the car and then changed away from it. So even though they can yeah. double their chances of winning, people just don't want to change. And it's complicated to get the grasp behind it because it doesn't make sense. There's two doors left. It feels like 50-50. I'll post a video in the show notes that kind of walks through the logic there. But it's, it's fascinating just to see that logic, too. But it's even when people understand it, they're still like, I, but if I have the car there and I change, I'll regret it so much, even though you're – Odds double because your odds yeah. double, but you still could lose the car that you had, and so people are and then you have more regrets, risk, and yeah, you have more regrets. So yeah, people mm. do dumb things to avoid potential regrets, like changing answers on tests. You know. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, or, or even like you know, like there, I think there was an example in the book too, where it said like, imagine that you're, there's two kids and they have to ride around a lake to go to school, and one kid rides around the right of the lake every day, and one kid rides around the left of the lake every day, and one day you know they're riding to school, and the kid rides around the right of the lake and it's blocked. And, you know, and he has to go all the way back around the other way. But the kid that normally rides to the left of the lake, for whatever reason, he decided to ride to the right that day as well. And it's blocked. And then he has to ride all the way back around. And, he, and they, they pose the question, which one feels more regret? And the one that feels more regret, of course, is the one that randomly chose to ride the different way that day and was then blocked. And he's like, oh, my gosh, should have just done what I normally do. And so, like, that, that avoidance of regret sometimes makes us make poor decisions Whereas, you know, it, it might have been a, normally a fine decision to ride around that way yeah. for whatever reason. So, yeah, um, it's kind of an interesting example. It is. Yeah, it's, it's easy. Yeah, a lot of books talk about hindsight and how it's so easy to look back and say, of course, I shouldn't have made that decision because I can see all the warning signs there. But at the time, those three warning signs were buried among 57 other signs and you couldn't pick yep. them out. And yeah, it makes yep. it so tough to make those kind of decisions. In this case, there were no warning signs. He just yeah happened to make a bad choice and didn't work out. But he's going to regret it more than more than maybe exactly. He should. Exactly. Yeah. One, one thing I was going to mention, uh, so you mentioned the four core regrets earlier, uh, foundation regrets, which is like not saving for retirement early enough, uh, boldness regrets, we already mentioned, you should start something, moral regrets, which are obvious, connection regrets. So that's an interesting one to me. So there's this big long story in the book about this woman that fell out of touch with this, this you know, best friend from college and they didn't talk for 20 years and she felt really weird about reaching out to her and then finally she reached out to her. It was such a blessing and such a wonderful thing and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I got I to gotta be honest. I sort of struggle with that one because to some degree, like relation, like connections happen and they fail and they happen and they fail and relationships come and they go and they come to go. And like, to, so like there's, there's the regret of, you know, I was very close to this friend 15 years ago and now we don't really talk anymore. Now it's weird if I call him up, like that's a legit regret. But the other side of it is you could also regret being the person that's constantly pursuing that relationship. That's not going anywhere. Yeah. Right. Huh. And so like, so it's kind of a weird, it, it like now, now I also want to juxtapose this, this comment. There's another quote in there and it's a very long one and I won't, I won't read the whole thing, but the, the whole quote, the premise of that is it's the ties to people, the relationships in our lives that give us the happiness. And it's not based on IQ. It's not based on income. It's not based on social class, it's not based on genes. It proves true across every study from every type of person. It's always the relationships and the connectedness in our lives that lead to happier lives, less, less dementia, better health hmm. all around. So like, so then there's this, 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 uh, these, ju these juxtaposition of, of forces within me that say, well, should I call that friend that I would, that I talk to once a year more often? Or not, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's a tough, that's a tough call. So I, I don't know. I'm yeah, I think it depends on who the who the friend is. I mean, certainly you can yeah. reach out to people over and over again, and they don't want to, and that's fine. You don't want to be that annoying person. But I also think back. There's 
I think back to a friend I had in elementary school named Tommy Simpson. Um, okay. I haven't talked to him. I moved away in sixth grade and haven't talked to him since. And I think it's kind of on him to find me because I cannot find a person named Tommy Simpson on Facebook because there's millions of them. But I do feel kind of bad because right. we, were, we were good buddies. We played a lot of baseball and had a good time. And I just moved away and there was no real way to keep in touch at that point. And so we just drifted. Yeah. Like, I don't think we'd be good friends anymore. But, like, he was a good dude. He's part of my life. You know, it'd be cool to, to touch base. But, again, yeah. I'm not sure how to, how to even find him. So I, I blame him for that because I'm easier to find with my name than, than he is. Yeah, it's ob- obviously his it's own totally fault. His yeah. fault. But I yeah. I got, I've got an old roommate named Jimmy Hill. Same problem. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of Jimmy Hills out there. Yeah. So. so I can think of, like, three or four people that I think probably I have connection regrets with. Just not that okay. we'd be good friends today, but just I want to see what their life is like. And I care about them and hope they're doing well and have no real way to even know if that's true or not. But. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I have too many there. I tend to be pretty good about staying in touch with folks, and you know, but there there are a few out there for sure. Yeah, yeah I'm trying mm. to think. Yeah, I think I'm not even sure which regret probably hits me the hardest. That that could be an interesting question. I mean, I think I'm not a particularly bold guy, but I did start a new business, and you know, I think I don't have any boldness regrets there. Moral regrets, I'm probably almost too far the other way, where I've been taking enough yeah. risks. You know, <laughs> so I, I think maybe foundation regrets are probably the most. Yeah, I need to get in better shape. Yeah. I could probably stand to have more money in the bank, that sort of thing. Yeah. I think for me, it's definitely foundation regrets. And oddly enough, you know, you made the joke that like, I don't have boldness regrets, but like I I'm constantly looking at my world and going like, what could I start that I would regret not starting Mm -hmm. a year from now? Or like, or like what moves could I have made three years ago that would have been bolder that I wished I had made. Right. And there's a, there's a bunch. And so so I kind of, it's, it's almost like, it's, it's, it's like I'm willing to be bold, but I'm almost afraid I'm going to miss the opportunity to be bold sometimes, yeah. if that makes sense. That's fair. So, it's, it's, it's yeah. hard to see that too. I remember you and Sanjay talking once in your podcast about, man, I wish I knew all this stuff 10 years ago because all these Uber and all these companies that came up that we missed, but looking ahead, those, those kinds of companies are coming in the next 10 years too. Like we just don't know what they, they are. are. And yeah, it's exactly. So frustrating yeah. to know that there's someone out there with a noodle of an idea right now that's going to be a billionaire, and I have no yeah. idea what that idea is, and I won't know until he's already a billionaire. We will have missed out on that. But exactly, you know, exactly. So yeah, and that and, and that's that's what I want. That's what I'm constantly trying to think through. Is like what? Like I'm always asking myself, like, what am I missing? Mm-hmm. I'm missing. I'm missing something that ten years from now I'm going to go. That was so obvious. Right. Oh, like yeah. Uber was so obvious. Oh, like yeah. what am I? What am I missing right now? I'm missing something. What is it? I don't know. But I think there's the other side of that too, though. You can spin your wheels too much for a while back in the like 2005 kind of range, I was making pretty good money from content and Google AdSense and stuff. So I was spinning up new blogs all the time. And anytime I had a new idea, I'd start another blog, start another site. And I ended yeah. up with dozens of sites that were just crap because I had too many. I couldn't just focus on getting one. Done Cause I was like, Ooh, this is a great idea. I don't want to miss it. Ooh, this is a great idea. Yeah. I don't want to miss it. And yeah, being bold for all of them did not work out well. So there's, there's yeah. an advantage too to being focused on, on what you want to do. And so, it's a tough so, line. So I will tell you, like I have gotten better about like having ideas and then like, you know what? And I kind of just with purchases too. Like I want to do this or I want to buy this. I'm like, I need that to sit on the shelf for two weeks. Like I can't touch that for two weeks. And if it still feels like a brilliant idea in two weeks, it's probably worth considering hmm, further. I like that. But otherwise, like it's, if it, if the, if the fizzle dies in two weeks, it's not that interesting, you know? Yeah. So I've had a lot of ideas um, over the years too, that I'm glad I didn't pursue because the advent of the cell phone and the app store destroyed all of them pretty quickly. So, mm, you know, like yeah. you could have an app that would, you could text sports scores to people. So me and a buddy would like set up this thing that like, but then ESPN's like, Oh yeah, we'll just do push notifications. Like we couldn't have competed with that even if we had done anything, yeah, you know, so, yeah. yeah, there's so many yeah. like that. So, so something we probably need to talk about uh, in this is uh, I think chapter 11, which is the antidote, the antidote of regret, uh, which is forgiveness. Right. And so I think like his point there being that, uh, 
we can feel regret and that can that can share with, tell us what our values are it can help us make better decisions moving into the future it can and i mean it can enable us to be bolder as we live it can enable us to connect more deeply with people around us so that we don't have those connection regrets but at the same time for the things in the past where we did screw up for those moments where i colossally stuck my foot in my mouth or treated my children in a way that I wish I hadn't or whatever else. The, the antidote is just to forgive ourselves and to recognize what we can learn from those things and move forward. Yeah. And it's tricky. Cause yeah, we want to get forgiveness from other people too. If we've made a mistake with them and almost every time when you bring something up that happened years ago and you're so sorry for like, I forgot that even happened. Like I yeah, didn't even remember that. I have no memory of that. Unless you were just a horrible bully to lots of people and you know, but I mean, the, the mistakes you've made, yeah, really other people don't remember and aren't holding it against you, but holding it against yourself is, again, there's a little advantage to it in terms of regret and making you a better person, but holding onto it and worrying yourself sick is not helping anyone. No, no, it's, it's not helpful at all, for sure. So I think, yeah, the one other piece I wanted to hit too was the at least stuff. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. The yeah. So the, the quote here, he said, so well, you might try to find a, a future facing lesson from the regret. Next time, check the consumer guides a little more carefully before purchasing the vehicle. You should also at least it. Think about how it could have turned out worse. At least I got a good deal. At least I didn't buy that other make and model, which had less trunk space. At least it's paid off. At least can turn regret into relief. The problem is I, I'm good at this. I'm pretty good at the at least game. I worry I take it too far, though, and it's going to burn Ooh. me someday. Because I can say things like, ooh, I, I had to go to the doctor because I wasn't feeling good. I had this thing. At least it wasn't cancer. Like, okay, so that's yeah. good for now. But what okay. happens when it is cancer? Like, you have to well, then at least the, it's not it, at least it's not the worst version of cancer. Right. At but that then what stage, happens if you right? get that? Like eventually, the at least could run out if the right situation hits. But yeah, yeah, that's I, true. I think about that a yeah. lot. Like with my kids and stuff. At least, hey, at least they're healthy and grown. And like, what happens if they aren't? Like, there's no at least to fall back on there. But I think for so many things, day to day, at least really can help. I don't know though, but I think there always is. Like, I mean, so like, let's take your cancer example. So, so as you, as you as you mentioned earlier, like one of my podcasts is Real Pink for Susan G. Komen, and I interview. Uh, women about breast cancer mm -hmm. and, and I interview a lot of women that have stage four breast cancer, which most people would say is like the most terrible, like the, the, wor the worst right, or sure. the, you know, the most advanced. And, uh, and I would say like most of them would say you get to a point where it's like, well, at least, at least it's not state, at least it's not stage two, at least not whatever you get to a point where it's like, at, le at least I have today, yeah. you know, at least I have this moment, at least I have whatever it is, you know? And, and, and I think we can always get to that point where it's like, well, okay, I'm here. At least I have this time. Yeah, that's know? a good point. I mean, yeah, so. if you can, if you are able to summon the words, at least I have this time. You're in a better place than some. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. A good way to put it. Okay, yeah. I like that. Very it's cool. a very, it's a very stoic philosophy. It is. Yes, that's very That's a different set of books yes. that we could talk about. Maybe we they should. They do talk kind of tie later. together a bit, though. I can see that in some ways. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think I think stoic philosophy and, and the power of regret are actually very similar. Yeah, I think, and I think there's like some philosoph or some regret kind of philosophies built into stoicism as yeah, well. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Pink that yeah wrote this book and then Ryan Holiday that writes a lot of Stoke books. I do kind of almost get them confused at times because they do kind of cross paths a good bit and really yeah. anything from either of them is worth reading. So yeah. Oh my gosh. Their books are so good. I've read, I don't know, four or five, probably five of Ryan Holiday's books so far, probably just this year. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't read, read as many Daniel Pink's, so I'll have to pick up yeah, more. Yeah, anything his is good. So anything else? Any other quotes you want to share from this one? Uh, let's see if there's anything <laughs> I did. I did like this one. It's not necessarily directly related to this, but related to like putting your foot in your mouth. It said, uh, he said, perhaps you're familiar with the first law of holes. When you oh, find yeah. yourself in a hole, stop digging. Yep. <laughs> I did like that. Like, I was like, Oh, I, I find myself in holes all the time. That's really, so I wish, I, I wish I could go back and tell my 20 something self. Oh my that. gosh. Like, just, please stop digging. Yes. Like, like, please just, just stop. Just don't say every thought. 
that, that, you know, anyway. So, <laughs> nice. Anyway. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, for me, this book, though, yeah, the whole thing was just, yeah, I always saw regret as regret is bad, period. And it's not. I mean, there's ways to see regret is good. And again, yeah. I like some of the things you came up with, you know, at least we have today. That's kind of my main, yeah. main point I'll take out of that, I think, is that yeah. piece. But yeah, this is one, like we said, anything from, from Daniel Pink is worth reading. I mean, I've read yeah. some of his other books too, and they're fantastic, but this one, Probably the top of the list for me. Of, it's of great. Has, and it's fantastic. And, and I do have one final quote. If, sure. and if, you, if you want to wrap Go up, it, we, yeah. one, I think this one final quote is pretty good. So uh, the quote is, one of the most robust findings in the academic research and my own is that over time, we are much more likely to regret the chances we didn't take than the chances we did. Yep. There you go. Well said. So Adam, where can people find more about you? I've got a blog at adamjwalker.com. It's got links to every site that I'm willing to be found on. And uh, it has got some old blog posts. I'll hopefully have some updated ones soon. And you can sign up for my newsletter there as well. Awesome. So that'd be great. Very cool. Yep. And we'll have a link to that in the show notes. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Adam.